0: Stay up to date on the green and gold all off season. The green and gold fix podcast is brought to you by Potawatomi casino hotel luxury stay elite play unwind in sophisticated comfort win big dine and experience the events in Milwaukee off season of intrigue for the green and gold this
1: morning. He felt he
0: was ready to make the actual announcement and he said, Hey, why don't you let the people know that I am. Officially returning to the Green Bay Packers and a draft class full of possibilities. Physically, though, they definitely looked apart. The they
1: definitely looked apart. All three of the guys we drafted all, uh, you know, have, have physical gifts. This
0: is the state of the Packers, broadcasting live from Summerfest at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone. Here's Alex Strove, Kate Neitzel, and Jason Wilden.
2: Yeah, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest, it's State of the Packers, our number two, Alex Shroff, Gabe Neitzel, Jason be live with you until two o'clock as we continue to try to uh, answer the questions around this Packers team just 18 days away from the start of training camp up in Green Bay. Oh, boy. Let's get to this part because I think this is the part that stresses. As much as wide receiver stresses me out, as much as tight end stresses me out, as big of a Packers fan as I am, guys, I think O-line might be my my biggest concern, especially around. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: Can I just take a moment? Take a moment. To say how thankful I am. All the grief that I take for not being a fan. The fact that I upset you as often as <laughs> I do, with my level-headed yep. informational style, yep. and now listening to you worry—it's great. I'm just—I'm eager for the storylines and the season to unfold. I feel no stress at all.
3: Yeah, being a fan, stressful. You are worried. Yeah, being yeah. a fan, stressful, especially when you have expectations. Jason, like maybe you're—you know—and now, don't get me wrong. Like you missed out. Like Bucks winning a championship—that was spectacular like being able to Oh, But he still got to fan. go to
0: the
2: parade. He just got to say he's not a fan. He's tweeting about the NBA referees. You're a Bucks fan. I I
1: I'm I'm, I'm not a fan You're of a fan. uh complaining about calls like the Celtics and uh, maybe about bad officiating, but not, look, I am happy for <laughs> here's here's my honest opinion. Then Let's get to this offensive yeah. line because no one needs to hear about how I view the world. But I am always happy for the people that are happy when a team wins. So with the Bucs, I have so many people that care so deeply about the Bucks. I was thrilled for them. Had they lost, like they did this year in the playoffs, I, I wasn't upset, I was disappointed for them. And if the Packers offense stinks, or the defense is overhyped and under-delivers, I will be sad for you guys when the playoffs come to an end for them shy. You're so
2: play. empathetic, Jason. I am. I so, love you guys. I'm
3: curious about your love statement. That yeah, you're, yeah. given the hodgepodge of wide receivers that they have. Yeah, this is the, a good point. Like the, the complete like lack of experience that they have past Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins. You're most worried about the offensive line that proved last year without Elton Jenkins, without... David Bakhtiari, yeah. that they could still stand up and be a decent enough offensive line that the Packers could have the number one seed in the NFC.
2: Yeah, and I'll even give you an extra point. Adam Stenovich now the offensive coordinator, right? So you have that offensive line with him and Butkus, obviously, you kind of get a dynamic duo in the coaching staff to help that out line. But David Bakhtiari, I don't know what the heck's up with him. We'll get to that in a second. We don't know when we're going to see Elton Jenkins, which makes me worried who's playing left tackle week one, if David Bakhtiari's not ready, which we think he probably should be, and if he's not, we're much more concerned. Concern than we are right now, but who plays left guard, who plays right tackle. You get Josh Myers back, which is great after some injury time last year, but I I think there's more questions here, Gabe, and you need to protect the reigning league MVP. We know he's getting older. He'll be 39 this year, right? He's fragile. He's broken two collarbones. (laughs) If he gets hurt, this season's over. He hasn't broken a collarbone in five years. uh, Whoa. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Or he's due. (laughs) Okay, stop that. Stop that. that Stop that. That was not
3: level-headed and just on. That was just just straight-up mean, Jason. But they panicked last year. I think they panicked by not keeping Yash Naiman at left tackle. He was good enough. And then to suddenly move him from that spot in the playoff game when David Bakhtiari was not available and ready. I think that was a panic move. So I think the answer to your question is Yash Nyman is starting at right tackle okay. because David Bakhtiari is going to be
2: healthy enough to start at left tackle. Cole Van Lan- No Cole Van Lannan on that starting line? Probably not, but that provides some thing. of your depth. And I like Cole. I really like Cole. So but- so
1: I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Cole. Good kid, great story, right? Yep, Grew absolutely. Up, went to Bayport High School, all that great stuff. Uh, but if they had to trot out the offensive line that we watched during the offseason program, Alex's concerns are very well-founded. Because as Rodgers just said with Pat McAfee the other day, you get Elton Jenkins and 69, David Bakhtiari back out there, it's a pretty good group. But if you don't, there are some serious questions. Like, for instance, where is Elton Jenkins? Let's say Elton Jenkins miraculously... Is healthy enough for the opener yep okay I do not believe that that is going to happen at all but let's say he is is here starting right tackle you've got him and Bakhtiari back You start Bakhtiari left tackle John Runyon jr. at left guard you start Josh Myers at center you got Royce Newman and his long hair don't care at right guard and you've got Elton Jenkins at right tackle that's a pretty good offensive line right too young Two young guards and a young center who missed a big chunk of his rookie season. A lot of uncertainty there. Look, no one's going to sit here and go, boy, they're really going to miss Lucas Patrick, except maybe <laughs> me and maybe the quarterback, right? They have to at least acknowledge that Lucas Patrick saved their bacon multiple years in a row when there were problems with injuries inside. So they don't have that safety blanket. And we talk about the Elton Jenkins and how versatile he is. Look, Billy Turner. Not good enough at left tackle in the in the NFC divisional playoff loss to San Francisco, but he again was a guy who could play everywhere. And oh, by the way, the last three years they've had a veteran right tackle option if they needed it at that position. Right? It was Ricky Wagner. Then it was uh, who was the uh, Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly, and now they don't have one, and they. The year before that, it was uh, the guy that got COVID after he was.
3: Oh, he was trying to play on two playoff teams in the same season because oh, yeah. of COVID. I that was, was very awesome. excited
1: about that story. Uh,
3: the former Colton Patriot, and I'm blanking on his name. I as well. am too. Uh,
1: but the Jared Val uh, uh, Valdez. Yes. Yeah. And so now, Yash is that guy, right? Yash has yeah. to be that guy, and and he started what eight games last season. But going back to our tight end discussion. His presence in the starting lineup also factored in to Robert Tunyon's lack of productivity. So you put all that, uh, the, that, they put all that, that goes into where their offensive line stands today. And whether or not Yash Diamond can be good enough at left tackle if is not ready or good enough at right tackle, we'll have to wait
2: and see. David
3: is going to be ready, right? He's going to be ready.
2: Most likely, I, I want to say yes, Gabe, but I,
3: so I. Your your mouth and words said most likely. Your eyes, that other people cannot see, said something different.
2: I, I, I. There is something going on there that I don't know, and I don't know that Jason knows or what he does know. He won't tell us what's going no, on. I, what is I, going I, on with David
1: Bakhtiari? I am extra, I am very cautious to say things that I don't know with right. a
3: degree of certainty. And. I don't like the way that the head coach talked about David Bakhtiari when he was given the opportunity in press conferences during the offseason. That does give me a little bit of pause, yes.
1: So the conversations we've had a bunch of times uh, on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, and on Wilde and Tausch, and on... Uh, Rutledge and Hamilton and all the different shows that I end up talking about the Packers with. Good shows. We, they are, are well. Yeah, Rutledge and Hamilton still going through some growing pains, yeah. like the Packers <laughs> offensive line. Well, really. Yeah, but season. that producer. But I'll tell I you. think it's the producer that's the main problem.
3: <laughs> kind of kind of an anchor, just holding everybody down. So
1: here's the here's the thing about Bakhtiari and the reason I talk and the way Lafleur talks, because I think they are encouraged and hopeful. I think they held him out of the off-season program because there was no upside in having sure. him twist his knee half-speed 11-on-11. 11 11. But when you get your hopes up the way they did last year, and remember, they activated him, or they cl- opened the window to practice in early October, they activated him in early November, and then he had a setback. And then he wasn't able to go. Then they play him in one game at the end of the regular season, then he's not ready for the playoff game. They did say Matt LaFleur did say that had they advanced, they thought he would have played in an NFC championship game. So if I were you, Gabe, I would cling to that as, hey, they're just being smart with him, as old Mike McCarthy used to say. But if there are setbacks during training camp, then you you have my blessing to panic. And I will feed into that panic. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> Love when Jason drops a good old McCarthyism. That's always that's always good. It's a Dallas mindset. It's lonely
3: being a warrior sometimes. <laughs> it
2: is indeed. Good, good to see Dallas on the schedule this year. We'll get some more McCarthyisms that week. I'm sure. I, I will make this final point on the O line because I know we got to move on to the defense. I'm going to make the same point with them. Injury away from disaster is how I view it. Right? Like, and we've already got so many questions with the, the guys we just brought up and Jenkins and Bakhtiari. If those guys aren't ready and they have another injury, this depth scares the crap out of me. And I view the defense, for the most part, pretty similarly.
1: Well, and look, Gabe, you know this. We talked earlier before you got here about Devondre Campbell and about Razul Douglas. And Goody has had some success with low risk, low cost, and big rewards pickups. You're not always going to have success. You're going to have more Jalen Smiths than you're going to have of those guys. And if, if this team does not have, I, I listened to you on ESPN National talk about the Bears roster, this this team does not have depth issues to the degree of other teams. This is just the team that we three know the best, but they are not proven, they do not have proven depth. They've drafted a ton of offensive linemen. But what do you know about the other offensive linemen that they have on the roster? What do you know about Jake Hansen? Not much, Jason. Right? I know he went to Oregon. I know he's the second man up at center when they were running their second-team offense. But, again, Lucas Patrick, you knew what you had. The guy started 60 games in the league. You know, we just, we have a lot of questions. What are their rookie offensive linemen going to, I don't, none of us knows what Zach Tom is Two first name guys, yeah. A lot of first name guys, right? Sean Ryan, maybe he turns out to be like Bakhtiari was in 2013, and he's too good to keep him off the field once they get the pads on. We'll wait and see, but right now, in terms of proven depth, your concern is valid.
3: Overall, with the offense, I can't get 2015 out of my head. Mm. I, that's what I think this offense, I know it's a little bit different. Mike McCarthy was asking some guys to get open in one-on-one situations where they couldn't, and I think that you can certainly scheme more guys open in the current system that they have under Matt LaFleur. But there were some times when that offense really struggled without Jordy Nelson, even though they brought back somebody he liked in James Jones. I kind of see some similarities there where Alan Lazard's playing that James Jones yeah. role. Yeah, you throw the ball to James Jones a lot that year, but he's still at under 1,000 yards. There were some struggles on that offense right. with some guys getting open, and I just can't Whoa. get that hot thought out of my head. Now, and, and the, difference, the
1: difference is that you lose Jordy on August 23rd as opposed to on March 17th when you trade Adams, but the bottom line is still you have to fill an enormous void, and even though you've had more time to do it, I don't know if you filled it or not, and neither do they.
2: Woof. All right. Well, uh, I feel no better than I did an hour and 15 minutes ago about this for. Packers offense. Thanks, Happy Jason. I uh, yeah. thought bringing Gabe in would make me feel better, but I think it's actually Holy made break, me feel So, so wrong. Yeah, so wrong yeah that, was, that was a bad thought process on my part. We'll get to uh, what we've called the overhyped defense. We'll do that next. It's the
0: State of the Packers live from Summerfest across ESPN Wisconsin. More football talk coming up next. This is the State of the Packers on 945 ESPN. You're listening to the State of the Packers on 945 ESPN and WisconsinOndemand.com. Back to Alex, Gabe, and Jason.
2: Don't you love it? Don't you love it? No, I ain't happy. Yet. But I'm way less than I am. Keep it moving live at Summerfest. at State of the Packers on ESPN Wisconsin. Alex Strofe, Jason Wilde, Gabe Neitzel. You know who I wanted to see keep it moving? The guy who came up and
1: asked for a can koozie. Yeah. Like, dude, we're, I, I mean, again, I had forgotten because it's been a few years since yeah. I did a show. Cool. Like, I, I love t- We had Tony come by. Nice Great guy, guy. Tony oh, fantastic talking radio. Guy.
3: I love seeing Tony Funny. at Summerfest. Not the first time I've talked to Tony. At but
1: Summerfest. he understood. Hey, let them get to a commercial. Just don't barge up here. Hey, you guys got any of those koozie's? <laughs> oh,
2: I had a good chat about monogamy last week when me and matt polly were doing the state of the brewers so yeah you never know what will happen Just at let summer me fest get a commercial break and then i'll see if i can get you a can koozie <laughs> do you have one no oh, okay but i'll ask i know people i got a koozie guy yeah you got connections you got a guy for everything don't you
1: I got a guy running the show, which uh, is nice. You're doing a heck of a job.
2: I don't know about that. I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, That's that first segment. Yeah, that first segment was a little rough, but considering the microphones didn't want to work. But nonetheless, here we are. We're rolling. We're working. We've got Gabe Knight, so we've got Jason Wilde. I'm Alex strope with you for the next 40 minutes as we try to make sense of this Packer roster. A lot of people view the defense as the high point, including quarterback Aaron Rodgers, said it's going to be a long training camp for the Packers' offense and a quick initiation for his rookie-wide receivers against their top three corners. Now, I mentioned it last segment. Top of the line, the the starting 11. Oh my goodness. That's a really, really, really good tape.
3: Is it? Oh!
2: Ooh. Gabe Neitzel! Let's go to Gabe Neitzel yeah. live at Summerfest <laughs> where he's got his thoughts on the
1: Packers
3: defense. So here's my problem. My biggest problem with the Packers defense is you have pointed this out on every show you've been on, Jason, that last year, This defense finished exactly where they did as the year before with Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And there were certainly some high points last year, the San Francisco game being among them. But I fear... That as Packer fans and media all over the place are going, looking at that one playoff game and overreacting to it the same way that people are overreacting to Aaron Rodgers throwing that last pass to Devontae Adams going, Oh, he just locks on to Devontae Adams too much. I can't. Why is he <laughs> doing right. that? Right. I think That's we're bad. doing the exact same thing with this yeah. defense because you look at that front three, that front three is going to be really good. You think uh, Dean Lowry's gonna make some giant <laughs> jump that I'm unaware of? Like Kenny Clark is good, right. and they they, they 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 the one thing they did is they got Jaron Reed on that defensive line and, and he maybe should be able to help Bolster. Yes. yes, I understood they used a first round pick there, but now okay, that first round pick has to develop. Same thing with the inside linebacker spot right next to Devondre Campbell. Can Devondre Campbell repeat what he did a year ago? Zero depth on the outside linebacker spot. Rashawn Geary has to continue to grow. I completely disagree with your buddy Tausch about him already being elite. Thank Sorry, you can Can't have less than 10 sacks. Like, his career total in sacks is 16 and a half. Can't be elite if that's the case, unless you've only played like two years, right? Like nine. Like I like the growth out of him. Sure. He's on the right trajectory. Right. And if he continues it, he should be. uh, He should be elite this year. He's not quite there yet. And then you look at the secondary. Darnell Savage needs to be better. Had a great rookie season. Hasn't come on since then, which makes you worried about one of the quarterbacks and Stokes. And oh, by the way, Razul Douglas has only played. Eight really good games in his NFL career. He was on a practice squad before he joined the Packers Mm -hmm. last year. Six teams in two years. That seems like a lot.
2: Yeah. Asking him to repeat what he did here. So
3: I look at this Packers defense and I go, yes, they can be really good if all these things fall into place. And how many times has literally everything fallen into place?
2: Uh, About zero. Yeah, I mean, Uh,
3: some, uh. you know, some are going (laughs) to fall into place. Having Jair Alexander back is going to be huge because I believe he's going to be good. Because he's proven it, and I, and I don't think that the injury is going to affect him like it did in the divisional round game against the San Francisco 49ers. But I still see a lot of holes on this defense that were there a year ago, have kind of been addressed, but not completely.
2: I think trajectory is an interesting word that I want to talk about, the juice used. I think Gary, obviously, is, is on the right track. It looks like this could be a very big breakout year given what we've seen, the sample size we have from him. Oh, by the way, it's an even year, so that means Preston, Preston Smith is going to suck. Gonna suck. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I guess I never put that together. <laughs> yeah,
3: I asked him about it
2: this yeah, offseason. You're right.
1: He claims that he knows the answer as to why that's happened. He wouldn't tell us what the answer was, but he vowed that that will end, to which I said, okay, I look forward to discussing this with you well, further.
2: I know who uh, the best receiver on the Packers will be this year. I'm not going to tell you who it is, though. <laughs> right.
1: No. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, no, no yes, Preston. Yes, Preston
2: Stroh. Really really good radio there. Uh now trajectory. Right. Eric Stokes. I I think I liked most of what I saw. There were of course rookie flashes yeah. it's like, yeah, there's those are rookie mistakes, right? That's why that's a that's a phrase in sports we use. I think Eric Stokes is going to be well improved year two in this defense under Joe Barry. I I, I in terms of the D line, especially Dean Lowry, who you have no idea what you're going to get out of him.
3: Well, no, you do. <laughs> at this point, you know what Dean Lowry is. Right. Like Dean Lowry's he's a, he's guy. Serviceable. He's he's
2: serviceable. a guy. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. He's serviceable.
3: But Kenny Clark, a who- guy that they talked about, like, oh, could this be a guy they let go because the salary cap number is kind of high?
2: Right? Yeah. No, it's fair. I, I do want to bring up one thing with Kenny Clark, who was on your show, Jason, a couple of weeks back on Willie and Tosh, which you can hear 9 to noon on these various stations every each and every weekday. He said, and this could be coach speak, so I want your honest opinion here, Gabe, because I'm sure you heard this. He said, this is the best defensive line group I've been a part of since I was in Green Bay. Coach speak, or does he really mean that?
3: I mean, he couldn't mean it. He's not played with very good defensive correct. line groups. Right. <laughs> correct, correct. Like, right. it's, it's, like it's like Jason earlier saying, well, Josiah DeGuarra is better than Jace Sternberger. Well, okay, that's not exactly high praise <laughs> for... Josiah DeGuara, because that's not a very high right. bar to clear. What Kenny Clark's had to play with in his Packers career has not been very good, which, to me, even speaks to Kenny how good Kenny Clark is, mm-hmm. because he hasn't played with very many, many good guys around him, and he's still been able to stand out and be the star that he is.
1: I think one of those we were talking earlier about the under-the-radar type of signings that don't get a lot of attention I think Jerron Reed, a former second-round pick, a guy who had ten and a half sacks in one season in Seattle, who's now on his third team in three years. So, again, that's on the other side of the ledger. But Kenny Clark's really excited about him. And they seem to hit it off right away. This is a guy with production. We, You know, I mentioned the Rodgers quote, production over potential. You know, Devontae Wyatt is potential. Jerron Reed has production. And I think when Kenny says that, it's a combination of, him excited about Reed and about what maybe T.J. Slayton is going to become, and also what Gabe said about, I haven't played with a real, right? I mean, Kingsley Kiki was the next flavor of the month. And he got cut during the season yeah, last year, during the playoff, or right before the playoffs. So, look, that is a concern, but I think the biggest concern on this defense, and you said it as you were going in your very lengthy soliloquy, Gabe, as you got riled up, and I enjoyed that thoroughly. <laughs> is there depth at outside linebacker? T. is probably their next man up. Jonathan Garvin, who I can't fathom. First of all, if you walk around Summerfest today and ask a bunch of people, who is Jonathan Garvin? I mean you may get lead singer of Sister Hazel as an example <laughs> as an answer. You don't know
3: what they're gonna say, right? Uh, outside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers probably not gonna be among the responses. Right, and, and he's a guy who didn't you know, he didn't even take part in the offseason
1: program other than the mandatory mid camp. He was the guy that you stood on the sideline and went of all the guys that cannot be here. Rodgers, Lazard, Watkins in a new offense. Why Jonathan Garvin wasn't there was beyond me. And, and maybe we'll get to talk to him when the locker room's open in training camp. But they have nothing proven. When they lost Zedaria Smith to his disgruntled back injury, they had Rashawn Gary waiting. Right? They do not. Tepa Nallier does not have that pedigree yet. So that is a position where guys get hurt. We've seen it. Preston Smith's been durable, but that's not always the case. That would make me really nervous. And the other part that I would be nervous about as a Packers fan is, was what we got from Razul Douglas last season lightning in a bottle? That's the phrase I keep using with him. And, And, you know, Rogers keeps talking him up with McAfee and elsewhere. And maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. But, again, third-round pick who plays for six teams in a two-year span and was with three teams in, like, training camp alone last year. There's a reason why, and maybe he has found a good fit, just like Devondre Campbell believes he has in this defense. But they have more to prove than just Mina Kimes, as much as we all love her and love having her on our shows and whatever else, than her putting you, hey, this is the number two defense in the league. That's great that she says that they got a long way to go before I'm convinced that they're going to prove her right.
2: Yeah, I, I think the lack of depth is the biggest point, but but you're right. I, the lightning in a bottle with Rasul Douglas, as Gabe and, and you have both brought up now, is he able to replicate what he did a year ago? I, it's no. just not possible. No. It's not possible, no, right? He because can't, he's ha- that good.
3: He's not going to have five interceptions and return two of them for touchdowns right. and have one of those other interceptions be a game-winning interception right, against in Arizona, the end zone. Right, you know, just, right just, and two others being vital in that Browns game that they probably lose.
1: Because they can't stop the run. If Baker Mayfield doesn't throw four interceptions and two Christmas. of them to him, they lose yeah.
3: that game too. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski decides, oh, wait, we can just run the ball. We should just do that. Why would we have
2: Baker throw the ball? We just win the game by running the I ball, g- guys. That game was so weird. Merry Christmas, by the way. But nonetheless. Uh, so final takeaways from this defense, Jason. Uh, takeaways should be part of it, by the way, because that's the one area <laughs> where they were much
1: better than the Mike Pettin defense that they finished exactly the same ranking as. But. I want to see how good Joe Barry really is, too. Because I'm fascinated by how we went from, well, look at this guy, he's never had any success. And people who wanted to say, well, he's never had great players to play with. And then, based on the success that they had, same statistical success that Mike Pettin had, suddenly now Joe Barry is, like, being viewed as an outstanding defensive coordinator. And much like his defense, I'm not sure he's there. If he can prove it to me during the course of this season, I'll be happy to get on board. But I'm not convinced of that either.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's too early to, to have a final judgment on what Barry I think Bear he's is. the guy under the most pressure of
1: anybody on the coaching staff. Wow. Even more than Matt LaFleur. Because we're talking up his unit um. to such a degree. At least with Matt LaFleur, who you could say the buck stops with him and they haven't made it to a Super Bowl and all the other stuff. But this is the guy whose side of the football is not only being talked up, but is probably going to be relied on early in the year.
3: If the Packers get off to a slow start offensively, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that's that's the natural reaction. If the Packers' defense gets off to a slow start and they give up some 30-point games early, yeah, no, I agree with that, Jason. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Hot takes at Summerfest, like hot mozzarella sticks from Saz's. Yeah. That's me.
2: Well, I, I just don't even know where to go from that, Jason. That was that, that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful wrap-up. To our conversation around the defense, so, beautiful seems strong, doesn't it, Cape? Beautiful. I
3: mean, he's trying to suck up a little bit. Again, he doesn't yeah, have get to. In. I think very highly. Yeah, of I understand. But again, again, he's
2: still young, so he doesn't yeah. understand. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Go to break. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: do that <laughs> now. We're gonna talk special teams. Yuck. Next, it's the State of the Packers live from Summerfest. The Green and Gold conversation rolls on next on the State of the Packers on 94.5 ESPN.
2: Live at Summerfest at State of the Packers across ESPN Wisconsin. Alex Strofe, Gabe Neitzel, Jason Willey. Wh- wh- why did they bring me here again, dude? You've done a great job. You're driving
3: the bus. I never. I'm always driving. Captain, my captain. I don't have yeah. anything to stand
2: on, but yeah. No. It's, wow. You, okay. This is <laughs> good.
1: You've added a lot to the show once you figured out that you didn't have the right switch turned on your.
2: <laughs> I've never seen a unit was. like this in my defense to pull back the curtain a little well, bit. There's a. There's a. Glad Gabe. There's a here. sound bite we're gonna have <laughs> yeah. to save. Oh come on. All right. Anyway, I'm just gonna tell you about our friends at Major Goolsbee's then, if you don't mind, oh, Jason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because we got do. we've got cheeseburgers and fries. I had the fries last week. Oh baby, best fries I've ever had. Right here at Summerfest from Major. Goolsby's, you can get them right here. We're the live zesty the zesty
1: chicken. Is you got to get that. Is you got to get the major cheeseburger. What'd you
3: order, Gabe? I got the major cheeseburger because I'll tell you why. Uh, Summerfest, <laughs> for some reason—I mean, major major Goolsby's, very good. It's a Milwaukee institution. I don't know how, but somehow their food at Summerfest tastes better than when you get it at Major Goolsby's downtown. So I look forward to doing a show at Summerfest just so I can get that major cheeseburger because it's got a little bit something extra in it. I don't know if they make it with love. I don't know what they're doing out here. Maybe it's just because I'm so close to the lake, but it tastes better here at Summerfest.
1: It is a a Wisconsin and Milwaukee institution. I remember going in there as like a 7 or 8-year-old with my dad when we would go to Bucks games at the old arena. And so when I get to come to Summerfest, since I live in Green Bay, that is a major to-do list. And we are majorly excited for that delivery for Major Goolsby's. Uh,
2: as am I. And as you're on your way to Summerfest, you got to go check out our friends at Major Goolsbee's. We are so happy to have them as the official food provider for ESPN Wisconsin here at Summerfest. Music, games, food, better come out and join us. We've got about 20 minutes left, but I'll be bouncing around all night. I'm gonna, I'm I heard you were going to do
1: another hour just by yourself.
2: Uh yeah, sounds good. Sounds right, good. I could, I could talk about the, the Packers wide Oh, my fellow Wisconsinites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for that opportunity. Let's talk special teams, fellas. Okay. Because, uh, abject disaster. I think would be the best way to put it. Uh, in the NFC divisional round against San Francisco, blocked punt, uh, blocked field goal. It was just. It was a total mess. It was a total mess. Uh, they fire their uh, their special teams coordinator after one year. And uh, now we try it again, and I don't know what really to expect this year. Well, first
3: of all, addressing it by going out and getting somebody who has NFL head coaching experience Passaccia. in mm-hmm. in Rich Pasaccia, like you can spend whatever you want. There's no salary cap on coaches, so right. to go out there, you got plenty of money in the kitty. Okay, you want you want to cover the cost? Just charge an extra dollar for the uh, the tube hill over there at Title Town. There we go. We got them covered. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do because not only him being there, it seems that there may be a shift in the way the Packers are kind of filling out the roster. Um, who's who's the cornerback, Jason, that they signed? That he's they, Sean Dixon. He's a special teams Nixon. guy. Yes, yes. Like He is a special teams guy. I'm not expecting him to contribute that much to the defense, but he's clearly somebody that they want to be a gunner and be a guy that's yep. going to run down there and make some plays on the kickoff coverage team. So I think that it seems... They're maybe admitting to some fault the way they've kind of gone, oh, we'll find anyone to play special teams, and we've got Mason Crosby, a kicker, and it'll be fine. And I think we're seeing a bit of a shift in philosophy for Brian Gutekunst and company in terms of filling out the back part of the roster.
1: If, if they have a reasonably productive special teams group, as you well know, they play another week of games. Like, regardless of Rodgers locking in on Adams on that final play, regardless of the missed tackle that, look, Jair Alexander admitted that against Debo Samuel in September, he makes that tackle. And Zadarius Smith probably, uh, maybe Mer- Zadarius Smith makes yeah, make else? that tackle. I don't know. Uh, but their special teams was the number one reason. Rodgers didn't play well enough. Defense didn't get that one stop that it needed, et cetera. But their special teams have been a problem for literally two decades with very rare exceptions. And, you know, there's been years where their kicker has been the problem, but more often than not, he hasn't. But last year, he was problematic, too. And whether it was the operation or whether it was Mason Crosby, doesn't matter. The bottom line was not enough kicks went through the goalposts. And so that has to change. They have to get more out of their return game. I feel like as I enter year 27 covering this team, that... I have talked about their lack of a return game and threat since the days, you know, you think back, and they win a Super Bowl because they have Desmond Howard return a kickoff, right? right? They have uh, Randall Cobb in his very first game in 2011 return a kickoff for a touchdown. The problem is I can think of these great special teams plays. Will Blackman had a return in 2006 for a touchdown. The problem is they're so rare that I can think of them off the top of my head after 27 years. They have not had a return game that even made things easier for your offensive line or for your offense by getting you out to the 40-yard line. And then their coverage units or their protection units, I mean, to have a field goal blocked and a punt blocked with a trip to the NFC Championship game on the line, you know, look, I don't look for anyone to get fired. And I certainly was not rooting for that to happen to anyone. But they needed to make a change. And two games point and to Matt LaFleur's credit, they went and made Rich Bisaccia the highest paid special teams coordinator in the league to fix the thirty second ranked special teams units. He has to deliver. I don't think there's as much pressure on him as there was as there is on Joe Barry, because the expectations are lower, but there are certainly expectations that they are not gonna lose any games this year because of their special
3: teams. The good news is only one place to go, baby. Yeah. When, you, when yeah. you're the worst, there's only one place to go if you're the special team uh, Or you could stay put. Or you could stay You're to be better. Yeah. You could stay put. Why are you guys doing that to me? <laughs> That's
2: what we do. <laughs> Who's going to return kicks and punts? Do we have any idea at this point? So It's uh, not going to be Amari Rodgers, right? No, I think it might be. Again, uh, I, I he'll
3: have think, an opportunity to compete.
1: Yeah, and I think he needs an opportunity to get his confidence back. Because, sure. again, in high school, in college, at Clemson, he's pretty good. Okay. Now, he, he, during his year, looked like the people that pull out of the stands and put a helmet on for the crunch time pickle catch where they shoot the ball out of the, out of the jugs machine. But, again, he has to get his confidence back to have that job. When they did punt work during the six practices we saw, it was him, it was Cobb, and it was Romeo Dobbs that Ooh. were the three people that were back catching punts most often. They have other guys that they'll give opportunities to, but... He's going to have the opportunity. Kickoff return, look, I think they really liked what Kylan Hill did. Yeah. There's another guy that if you walk around Summerfest, there's a, going to be a lot of Packers, same people who say they're Packers fans, who don't know who he is. Seventh-round pick a year ago, tears his ACL in Arizona in the same game as Robert Tunyon. He's he's a running back. He's built like a kickoff returner. But they may not have him back mid midseason either.
3: So the problem is with the special teams, because even when they made the right decision to put Randall Cobb in to return a punt last year. Then he fumbled. Yeah, he fumbled. He muffed it. So I I, I don't think you can put Randall Cobb back there unless it's a bright glass in case of emergency the way they used to in the latter years of Tremont Williams. Yeah, great comparison. You know, like, just, okay, go out there, call for a fair catch, catch the punt. Because I don't expect Randall to be out there for 17 games. Because he hasn't proven that he can do that at this yeah, point. There's there's harassed, and and I'm not saying there's not value right. in Randall Cobb. There is. right? But if you are expecting Randall Cobb to win that and be your punt returner, I don't think that's good for you either.
1: No, and, and look, returners come out of nowhere, right? I mean, Roel Preston, who was a Pro Bowl returner for that team in 97, he inherited the role after they didn't re-sign Loved Crown Royal, Bishop, by the right? way. In his locker. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. One oh, of the more shocking moments of my <laughs> early, <laughs> co- uh, That's early awesome. time covering the team. Yeah.
3: That's, anytime you bring up that name to Chew, it's the first thing he yep. says. Yep. Crown Royal.
1: Yep. Purple bag, whole thing. <laughs> uh, huh. Alan Rossum, you didn't necessarily expect to be productive, but he was productive for them in the early 2000s. Guys can come up. They had a guy named Shaky Smithson. Who is a decent returner? Put in Put him back there camp. right now. I'm comfortable. Uh,
3: I don't think Antonio I, Chapman had some good uh, some good years as a returner. Another good
1: example. Sh- I just wanted to get Shaky Smiths in because I don't know if you ever want a guy named Shaky
2: Being returning Well, 100- I don't months. know that like quick quick feet. That's no, a lot that shaky like catching hey. the ball. Shaky hands as
3: the ball's coming ah. down. That's not good for anybody either. So someone could right pop, hand. right? No. I mean,
1: it, Malik Taylor, right? He's sure. been on their roster for a few. Jawan Winfrey. You don't know what's going to happen, but. They, they need to have that not not only not be a negative where you turn the ball over, but have it be a positive for you from time to time.
2: Uh, Danny Davis? Maybe. I say that half-jokingly, of course. I, but.
1: I, I'll say this. I always include him because you never know. You never do. So when I talk about their rookie receivers, I include all four of them, and he's the
2: fourth. Last thing of the special teams, Mason Crosby is the kicker this year, yes? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: I think so, and I think more importantly... The guy that had a history with Rich Basaccia, they released him. Yep. Dom Herrera, or whatever his last name was. They moved on from him, and I thought that there was a chance because he had history with Basaccia that they might keep him. Now that they've done that, they'll still have competition, but I would expect Mason Crosby to have that role. So, Will this be his final year? Could be. Could be. If it's Aaron Rodgers' final year, I definitely think it is. Uh, the one thing that Lef- that Goody said was we have a championship team, you need a championship level kicker. And that always made me think that Mason Crosby's definitely back this year.
2: There you go. He's Jason Wilde. Gabe Knights of Alex Strofe with you. It's State of the Packers here on ESPN Wisconsin.
0: We will wrap it up next, live from Summerfest at the Gruber Law Office of Sports Zone. More football talk coming up next. This is the State of the Packers on 94.5 ESPN.
2: Wrapping up State of the Packers live from Summerfest at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone. Alex Strove, Gabe Neitzel, Jason will be hanging out with you for a couple more minutes as uh, we put a bow on our really. Insightful, and scary, and nerve-wracking conversation we've had around the state of the Green Bay Packers, uh, 18 days away from the start of training camp uh, today at Summerfest. Jason, do you get uh, do you get joy out of scaring me as a fan? I don't,
1: and I and I've done it to Gabe for years. He enjoys it. Yeah,
2: I think he does. Yeah. I
1: don't. I don't. Well, maybe a little.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers could end up leaving. It all worked out in the end. It, you know, it did. There were there were some scary touch-and-go moments there, Jason, but yes, it, it ended up working out in the end.
1: But you were very concerned, and I did not help.
3: Well, yeah, because you were dropping, you were dropping those breadcrumbs long before the NFL, the night of the NFL drafts. where he might be getting traded, he might not get traded, and not getting traded, but you were dropping breadcrumbs long before that, and I think you've been kind of dropping breadcrumbs about this defense and concerns about this team going in, and... I look at this team and it's more than just without Devontae Devontae Adams is a big part of it but some of the other injuries that they have and guys coming back I think it's inevitable that this team takes a step back this year they're not going to be the number one seed in the NFC I don't think I think their schedules too tough they've got a late bye they're probably gonna have to overcome some injuries and they just don't have the depth Right now, looking at this roster, I think that's necessary. That being said, they're still the best team in their division. Yep. yep. And I think that says a lot about the division as well, because the Bears and Lions aren't going to be very good this year. We'll see what the Vikings end up being. But I don't think they're going to be a 13-win team that when you roll into Week 18, oh, they've already got the number 1 seed wrapped up, so let uh, Aaron and Devontae break some records, and then we'll sit them in the second half, and we'll see in a couple weeks at Lambeau. I don't think we're going to see that this year from this team.
1: And, and look... This is the team that the three of us follow most closely. Yep. Somewhere at some music festival in Los Angeles, our ESPN Los Angeles teammates could be having the same discussion about the Rams. They could, right? hmm And you could be our teammates at ESPN Chicago <laughs> where you don't even bother to get your hopes up very much. Or you could be in Cleveland, where you're trying to figure out what exactly your team is and what your quarterback situation's going to be. But my point is is that all of the teams in the NFC have flaws, including the Packers. And we just know the Packers' flaws better than we know those other flaws. That said, as I've said many times on your show and elsewhere, Gabe, two people that work for the team both said the same thing after they traded Devontae Adams. You're not a better team without Devontae Adams on your roster. They're not. And so I know that there's been this bargaining among Packers fans to say, hey, they're 7-0 in the games that Devontae has missed. I hate that stat.
3: Oh, you know what happened to Brett after Sterling Sharp left?
1: That's the other one. That one, too. Got even better. And I just don't think that that's the case. And so I, I think when you have this team, your hope should be that they survive some growing pains offensively early in the season, that their defense has some down moments where they're not what you're hoping they will be, but they come together at the end of the year. The offense gradually improves to a point where they're the offense you don't want to see in the postseason, and the special teams doesn't suck. And you put that all together, and maybe they have to play a first-round playoff game, and maybe that's not the worst thing, and maybe they have to go on the road later in the playoffs, and maybe that's not the worst thing either, and maybe they're still a Super Bowl team. But that is not my inclination. My inclination is there a playoff team that is not going to get Rogers that title that he wants as he leaves the game if he were to leave it after this season.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jason. I think they take a yeah. step back to ultimately take a step forward. Uh, 2015, again, is, is, just, is what comes into my mind. That team still won a playoff game. Yep. They went to the second round of the playoffs and took the Arizona Cardinals to overtime.
1: Janus With Jeff Janis. Jeff <laughs> Janis, you know, so
3: look, dude, once they get to the playoffs, the NFL's proven anything can happen, especially if you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But going into last season, if I, standing here at Summerfest last year doing the show, it was, you know what? Super Bowl or bust, baby, this team is good enough. Right. This team might be good enough. They're going to have to have some things break their way. Yeah. But I just don't feel that they are the favorite in the NFC going into the year
2: no i can't feel that you know 18 days away from from training camp starting on july 9th i can't feel that way i, I don't think you can i feel like the pillow window is is slowly closing even more so as, uh, I love Summerfest. Somebody just stuck their head into a bucket of our of our french fries. You never know what will happen at Summerfest.
1: Was I, was I obligated? We love Major Goolsby's. They've been great to us. Yes. Am I obligated to share my french no, fries absolutely. with I, I don't believe it. No, you do not so. have to do that. Okay. I, don't, I, don't I just wanted so. to make sure I was on the right page in terms of uh,
2: interaction. with. You know, fair enough. I will tell you, you never know what will happen at Summerfest. You also never know what will happen with the Green Bay Packers. Is, uh, they look to replace Devontae Adams, which I don't think you can really do. But they'll still be in the they'll still be in the hunt, they'll still be in the playoffs. That'll do it for State of the Packers live here from Summerfest. A big thanks to Jason Wilde for making the trip down from Green Bay. Uh,
1: having been here for the first one, it's great to be here for whatever number this becomes, because we had a few years where we didn't do it. <laughs> but can we plan on coming back the the three of us this time next year? Let's I'll see with them. All right. Mr. I'll-
2: Nationwide, thank you. Oh, well, pleasure being here. I'm Alex Strofe. That'll do it for us from Summerfest. Have a great rest of your Saturday.